Brother Jimmy Harris. Glad to be here. It's a blessing, amen. He's from the First Baptist Church of Galena, Missouri. He's a good friend. He's a buddy of mine. I love him. What an awesome guy he is. Sing and preach. He's just awesome. Amen. And I and I love being here with you. So it glad is. to have you with y'all us. Have, y'all have spent your hearts and your time and your money in a missionary work in our church, and we love you. We love you. Amen. 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 <laughs> Whenever you are, boss. Well, have, have a seat. Amen. Amen. We're going to be looking at the last chapter, the last page in your Bible. You say, it's not the last page of my Bible. I have concordance and maps and all. That, that's just lettuce. The meat and potatoes is in chapter 22. That's right. And, you know, I thank God for concordance and thank God for maps, but that's just lettuce. I like to get into the meat and the potatoes of God's Word. And uh, chapter 21 and 22 is our new home. It's where we're going. And uh, I'm glad to report that I'm going there. And if you're a child of God, you're going there. And when you look at the book of Revelation, chapter 19, Jesus comes in re-entry to planet Earth. He returns with the church in Revelation chapter 19. And he conquers the the beast and the false prophet. He conquers, and, and the Bible says that he takes the beast of the false prophet and cast them into the fire a brimstone. Jesus Christ conquers. We come with him and uh, things start picking up. An angel comes down in the 20th chapter of Revelation and takes the devil. As Terry Wilkins used to say, old slewfoot. And chain him with a great chain. My grandmother and put him in the bottomless pit. My grandma called him old split foot. <laughs> really? Amen. That, well, that's, that's pretty good. Amen. <laughs> and so the devil was, was bound for a thousand years in the 20th chapter of Revelation. And we, there we had the millennium. And a thousand years later, Jesus Christ brings us to, not us, but brings the earth to the great white throne judgment. And all the lost are judged, and they are sentenced to the lake of fire forever. The Bible says that Lucifer, the devil, will be cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. Are, not were. Not were, didn't burn up, meaning the fire still kindling, still burning. And the beast and the false prophet are there in the lake of fire. The devil joins them, and they're there to spend the rest of their life. And the Bible says the rest of the eternity, rather. And the Bible says in Revelation 20, verse 15, whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we come to chapter 21. And uh, after the millennium, there's a short season in which Lucifer will get out. And of course, uh, that won't last long. Lucifer will just be crushed and they'll have a, um, he'll be put away for good in the lake of fire. And uh, then uh, the Bible says we have a new heaven and new earth. In fact, we start out in Genesis in the beginning. We end up in Revelation in the beginning again. Isn't that good? Christians don't live in the ending. We live in the beginning. We need to remember that. Now in the twenty. First chapter of Revelation, it gives us a picture of the city. We talked about that last Sunday night. And it's a beautiful picture of that great city, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. But we're going to be looking at chapter 21, and this is the conclusion of your Bible. It, it ends with a beginning. In fact, Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. Some theologians believe that during that time, the Garden of Eden was so close to heaven that they touched. Adam and Eve fell, Lucifer fell, and there was a departure, a division. Here we find the new city, Jerusalem, in chapter 21, coming down to almost touching the earth. Now someone said, well, Does the holy city of Jerusalem touch the earth? No. 
It doesn't say it comes to the, down to the ground. It just says it descends out of heaven as a bride adorned for a husband. What a do you new, think about that, Jim? A new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. Uh, it, was the, it was the city that Abraham sought for, a city made without hands. Um, it's, it's so... You, have you ever heard the old saying, you know, you need to read the book to the end. You need to watch the movie to the end. Even if you're binge-watching something on Netflix and you've already invested eight episodes and it goes to ten and you already hate it, but you're going to watch the last one to see how it turned out because you've already invested so much time, and especially on documentaries. And my, my, my sons say that my idea of a good time is watching an eight-hour documentary about Auschwitz or something, you know. But uh, they, they call it BTV, boring television. That's what Dad watches. Uh, but... The, the, if you read just the first chapter, the first book of the Bible, first book of the Bible, it, we start out in a garden and we end in a coffin in Egypt. We start out in the garden of God, we end in a coffin in Egypt. That's where the book ends, with Joseph in the coffin in Egypt. But if you read the whole Bible, we start out in a garden and we end up in a better garden. Right, right. In which sin, there's no possibility of sin. There was always the possibility of sin in the perfect garden. In the new heaven and the new earth, there'll be no possibility of sin. That it'll be a new heaven and a new it'll earth. Be a new heaven. And all and the troublemakers earth. will be in the lake of fire. Gone. And so we're excited about the fact that, well, let me stop right here. We get a letter about every week from this guy. He likes you. Michael Phillips. Oh, boy. He sends a letter about every week. In fact, he does every week, sometimes two letters. And he likes you. What a deal. I've tried to talk him out of it, but he won't listen to me. <laughs> he watches us on live stream. Michael Phillips, he's from Berryville, Arkansas. And he loves the live stream. And uh, I just want to say hi to, to Michael Phillips. Amen. He's been so good to ride us and cut. So I'm just going to say hi I to used you. To, say hi. hi hello, yeah. Michael. Yeah, uh, praise the Lord. I yeah, used to, I used to drive through Berryville all the time when I was hauling cattle because there was there was a big auction there at Green Forest, just up the yeah. road from Berryville. <laughs> all right. So I I just wanted to mention that a lot of people watch us on live stream. We appreciate that. Um, I do want to point out that the new earth will not have any sea. That means there's more land for people to live. And the new city of Jerusalem will hold billions of people, 20 billion or better in the new city of Jerusalem, 1,500 square uh, new city of Jerusalem, hovering down over the earth, not touching the earth, but hovering down over the earth. Someone said, well, what does the 12 foundations rest on? Well, you tell me what the earth rests on. Nothing except God's power. The earth is just out there sitting on... Believe it or not, the earth is not sitting on an elephant. I thought it was a turtle. Well, a turtle and an elephant. A giant turtle. A turtle and an elephant. There are, there are some Eastern religions that actually believe that uh, there's this giant turtle that carries the earth That's on right. I don't want to get in a fight with that turtle. How <laughs> many of that turtle don't exist? <laughs> but it's, you know, if, if we see the pictures uh, from, from our satellites... And you look at us from, from like far out space, and it's like, you know, we're just this little blue rock, like just kind of floating along. Yeah, yeah. And there ain't nothing underneath us holding it up, except the everlasting arms. That's right. We're resting <laughs> in the hands of Jesus Christ. So the city won't touch the earth. It'll hover over the earth. Uh, the earth may become a satellite to the city. And I'll talk later on about I don't think the moon will be gone. I don't think the sun will be gone. It'll just be useless because of the brightness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Kind of like pointing a flashlight at the sun. The flashlight's pretty useless when you point it at the sun, right? But it's really important when it's in darkness. So, you know, um, the, the holy city Jerusalem is going to make sure that we don't live in darkness. And there'll be no night there. And we will be in that city where it's one big day. 
I don't think, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I, I really believe that we are not even beginning to explain how gorgeous this city is. And I want to say this, and I talked to Jimmy about this a little bit earlier. The garden in Eden, uh, where Adam and Eve were, were at, that garden was basically a garden of, of, uh, of flesh, plant life, that type of thing. And, but the garden that Lucifer was in was more in the area of rock and, and precious stones and metals. And so I, I believe that when you get to the scripture and you, and you discover that when the earth is, you know, there's no more sea, Eden will be as big, will be huge. The one where Adam and Eve was was smaller, somewhere around in the Iraq area, Iran area. But the new garden will be the whole planet, and it will be just absolutely fascinating. And the holy city of Jerusalem is where the church will live. And uh, you know what excites me about moving to the holy city of Jerusalem? I don't have to move. Hello. I don't have to move. I hate moving. How many in this room would agree that moving's a bummer? I hate to move. Amen? And, and Judy got a pickup, and I told Judy, don't get a pickup. Every time someone wants to move, they want you to help move. There's a reason I don't have a pickup. Bob Danley used to attend this church. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He said, I fixed that problem. He put one of those lids over the top of his, his, his uh, pickup so they wouldn't be asked to move. And he looked at me one day and he said, you know what? They still ask me to move them. So, you know, that's one of the problems with a pickup. But anyway, um, I, I want to point out something. And some of you probably won't exactly understand what I'm about to say, but I, I believe that there were actually two gardens. Yes. I believe that there was the garden that was made up of precious stones and, and sapphire and so forth. I believe that it is um, where Lucifer walked uh, up and down in the fires of stone. You got that scripture? Yeah. And it's, uh, he talks about when he was created. Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28, chapter 12. Uh, I mean, verse 12 is talking about, uh, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. And here's where the stones James was talking about comes in. Uh, Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold. And the workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes were prepared in the day that thou wast created. Uh, there's another deal. He says... Uh, Thou art the anointed cherub, in verse 14, that covereth. That means that he, he, like, he led the choir. He, he stood behind the throne of God with his arm, with his wings spread out. And he says that, I've set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones. And when, when uh, uh, Isaiah got a brief glimpse of it, Ezekiel got a brief glimpse of it in chapters 1 of Ezekiel of this throne room of God, we get a clearer picture of it in Revelation 4 and 5. But there's all these kinds of bright, shining stones, these precious stones and fire. Remember when we were doing the Revelation study earlier and, and fire and smoke would belch out of the temple and voices and thunderings. It was a place of fire and smoke and light and all of these all of these bright shining stones that I, that I believe had something to do with the light. Yeah, and then you also see the stones in the new city of Jerusalem. Yes, all the stones. And so what I'm getting at is the Garden of Eden that Lucifer walked in. I believe is different from the Garden of Adam and Eve, although Lucifer came there right. as a serpent. And he deceived, but I believe that there's two gardens. So, well, God can't have two gardens. God can have two trillion gardens if he wants to. Right. But there is a difference because 
Jimmy mentioned that there were stones in this place. In fact, verse 13 says, Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. And Jimmy mentioned all these stones. So this, this garden was a garden of precious stones. Diamond, beryl, jasper, emerald, gold. But the garden in which Adam and Eve was in was a garden of animal and plant life. With a garden of green, organic, green, green yes. DNA, or, organic material. And so what you're seeing is a merging of the organic material, the merging of the first Garden of Eden, merging with the Garden of Eden in which Lucifer fell. So you see the best of the garden, of the jasper, the stones in the holy city of Jerusalem, and earth then becomes another paradise of the Garden of Eden in which Adam and Eve lived in before this time. So you have a new heaven and a new earth. And, and I think you have a, a, a mingling of that. And it might have something to do with something that we have very little information on and it's hard to understand within the nature of what I would call the physicality of God and his throne. What we, we see, you know, Jesus, when he appears to John as the high priest, he's he's Jesus has appeared from where he's been sitting in his father's throne. And he's got these feet are like brass and his eyes are like flames of fire. And he's real tall. And he's got all these stones of uh, wearing a high priest uniform, the, the ephod with the stone, stone set in it. And when we see God in heaven and we see the throne room, it's a place of fire and light. And, and I, I can imagine when people, it's almost like when he's walking among the stones that sparks are flying from, from the feet striking, the brass feet striking the, the different stones, like, just, like, just like if you struck flint together. It's, it's, a, it's a place of, of fire and smoke. Every time we see God, it's like that. When he came down on Mount Sinai, the whole mountain was just a fire and a smoke, and there were thunderings and loud noises and fire belching out of the clouds. Think about the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that guided them. I think this has to do with, with God's nature, and I always come back to, to, the, to that verse in Hebrews where it says, you know, I may not understand exactly the physicality of God's throne room well, with little information, but it must be a really awesome place uh, and, and we should, you know, we would fall on our face and be afraid because Paul said it is a fearsome thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is. Yeah. And so there's a possibility. The best I can figure out, Lucifer actually was not made of flesh at all. He was made of precious stones. He was made of something like an angel, not flesh like us. Right. And I, I believe that we too in our new glorified bodies may be made of something more celestial, something more energy and, and powerful like that of an angel. Not angels. We'll, we'll never be an angel. Jimmy, you'll never make it. Now, never I, an and it's a good but, that I won't. I would make a, a poor but angel. But our bodies will be like the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. But don't get it in your head that it's going to look just like the body of Jesus when he came out of the tomb. That is the evidence of the resurrected Son of God in, in the flesh overcoming the grave. Get a picture of him in Revelation chapter 1. That's the kind of bodies we're going to have. And if you want to get excited, read Revelation chapter 1 and see what John saw. And our bodies are going to be pretty much like that because we'll be like him. We don't know what we shall be, but we know this. It, it, does not yet appear what we shall be, but when he appears, we shall be like him. And if James is right, he wrote that verse in First John after he wrote the Revelation. Yeah. Because we were talking about that the other Oh, yeah, day. the Gospel of John was, was written after. last. That's what that, that's When what people got saying. it in their head, well, Revelation's at the end of the Bible, thus it was written last. No, it wasn't. The Gospel of John was written after Revelation. And if you don't believe that, read the Gospel of John and you'll discover, yes, it had to be written after Revelation because much of what John got in the Gospel of John, he got in Revelation on the Isle of Patmos. So we need to understand that. Powerful. And uh, it shows us the deity and the power of God. All right, we're going to look at this chapter 22. And uh, 
we'll never get through it all tonight, Jimmy. We just won't do it. But and we want to open up for conversation as well. Yes. But I I want to point out some things. In, in chapter twenty-one, you see the holy city Jerusalem. We talked about that last Sunday night, and we were in a lot of detail about that. And so we're going to focus on um, the throne of God in Revelation twenty-two, verse one. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And, the, and in the midst of the street of it and on the either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare 12 manners of fruit, yield her fruit every month. By the way, someone says there'll be no time in heaven. Here it says there'll be time every month. Now, time won't be like what we're thinking about because time won't matter. Time kind of matters to me right now. But in heaven, time won't matter. So, you know, there will be time because there has to be if it's going to yield uh, different man 12 uh, manners of fruit every month, a different manner of fruit every month, then where you get the month, there's got to be time there. And... The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I, I want to point out some things, and, and Jimmy will help me with this, I'm sure. We're talking about um, the water and the tree of life. And the water comes from the throne of God. I want you to picture the holy city, Jerusalem. The throne of God is at the top. The river of life flows out of the throne of God and winds down through the holy city, Jerusalem, and it flows through a street. Now, I, I, you need to understand this because this has this blowed my mind when I began to look at it. The whole city is transparent. You can see through it. It's 1,500 miles every direction. In our glorified bodies, we'll probably be able to stand on the first floor of the 1,500 mile floors and look to the other side and see it because it's just clear. Everything's pure. So we'll be able to see through the city. The gold is transparent. We'll see through the gold. The river, and now this is going to blow your mind, but the river's going to flow through the middle of the street. I don't mean street on this side, street on this side. I mean the river's going to run right down the middle of the street encased by transparent gold. The river will be encased in a road of gold. Isn't that beautiful? In other words, the river will actually flow through encased in a pure gold. The street will flow, the river will flow through a street of pure gold. And you'll be able to look through the street and the river will be flowing through that pure road. Not, not on each side, we're talking a river down the middle of the street. That's yes. awesome, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't know exactly what it's going to look like or how it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to matter to us uh, whether whether it's water or whether we're walking on the on the transparent gold or whether we're we're walking on the uh, you know I keep having the image of the sea of glass. You know, yeah, uh, it, it that's a good. It, it's a I think I think there's a lot of things at play here. This is a new heaven and a new earth. Will gravity work the same? Will gravity matter? We I don't know. Uh, one thing is for sure. I, I know that when we're in the city, James was talking. He said you can see from one end to the other. We may be on a when it talks about a new earth. It may be an earth that is not curved. There may be no horizon, and so you could see all the way through it. We have no idea what we the don't. shape of that new earth is going to be. And so the possibilities are endless. The best we can do is conjecture and just, but just the things I can't understand, I just accept. Well, the, <laughs> the, the question is, here's the question, and, and I'm not saying dogmatically this is the way it is, but here's the question. Isn't it possible that there'll be no night there in the city, that it will always be light and no, you know, be a day all day? Isn't it possible that there may be night and evening on the earth? It's possible. I think that's a real possibility. 
There may be, uh, there may be the moon and the sun, and you'll look at that, and there may be morning and night and the earth. People who live on the planet will never die. They've been changed. They've been made forever creatures of God. They'll never die. And I believe the earth will be full of animals that never die. Full this, of life that never dies on planet earth, this pure the new river, earth. This pure river of the water of life, even though we don't know what the new earth is going to look like, there's got to be some, whether we understand it or not, there's got to be some semblance of gravity or the river wouldn't flow. That's true. But then on the other hand, maybe physics are completely different in that I know world. some folks that won't flow. They have to be, <laughs> have to be, have to be pushed by the Holy Ghost. But anyway... But let's read that again. Remember I said the river will flow through the, inside the street? Let's read that verse 2 again. And in the midst, the middle of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare 12 manners of fruit, yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Now the water comes from the throne of God, clear as crystal, verse 1. Water flows, the river of life flows from the throne of God, clear as crystal, verse 1. Then in the midst of the street comes this water of life flowing. I believe that water, actually, I believe the Holy City of Jerusalem will hover over the earth, and I believe there'll be no rain. I believe the water will come out of each four sides of the city, like the Niagara Falls, only 10 times greater, 100,000 times greater, and water will wash out of the city down on the earth. There is no sea. So there'll be lakes, rivers, streams, all created from the river that flows from the throne of God before to I for, earth. Before I forget, there's another, uh, another uh, comparison that I found between the, the first garden uh, in the old earth, the original Garden of Eden, and the new garden here, this, this, uh, uh, the, the new restored uh, new heaven and a new earth, is that uh, I was re thinking about the river that runs in the midst of it. Well, you know, there was a river in Eden also, and the river in Eden split into four parts and, and went off to water the whole earth out of the Garden and of I Eden. And I believe the river of life will do the same thing. Yeah, it's a... Is it the same river? I don't know, but there's a river in both of them. So you look at, you look at this, the tree of life, and this brings up another, another thought. The water of life it brings life to the whole planet. It brings, and we as children of God won't have to drink of this water, but we can because it's going to be wonderful. Uh, I wrote, wrote, here, wrote down here on my note, water is happy stuff. I said, water is happy stuff. Water is beautiful when it's clean. Large bodies of water attract things, attract life. So the water is happy, it's happy stuff, and it attracts and it is beautiful. So this water, we can drink of it, we don't have to, but we can. It'll be better than Kool-Aid, folks. Better than soda pop. The river of life. And not only that, and I know it's hard for you to believe it'll be better than coffee, but it will. <laughs> right. We drink it. At, now, you don't have to drink of it to live, but the earth has to have it in order for it to be healthy. Strong. Well, you. I was cutting up with Josh because we were holding up our Coca-Colas. <laughs> <laughs> that figures. That figures. Birds of a feather, you, right? You, you, you two are troublemakers. Coke is a real thing. That's right. Now, I want to point out something about the tree of life. The river of life comes down, and, and I wrote down uh, where the river of life is mentioned. Um, it's mentioned, the water of life is mentioned as a fountain in Revelation 21, verse 6. The water of life is mentioned as a river in Revelation 22, verse 1, that I just read. And the water of life is mentioned in 22, verse 17 in Revelation. So you have, it showed as a fountain, 
a river and water of life. So if it's a fountain, it's for drinking. If it's a river, it's for flooding, nourishing, supplying. If it's water of life, it's for sustaining. And so you look at the water of life, and I, I, I want to point out something because I, I've been wanting to say this all night. I wanted to say it when Jimmy was fiddling around a while ago. I wanted to say it. <laughs> but I really wanted to say this. Uh, I've been itching to say this. The tree of life. Now, if you have a different version of Bible, different from the King James, it'll mention trees. But I want you to understand something. As I read this, verse 1, 2, and 3, I don't see lots of trees of life. I see one. And this tree of life is so huge, it fills the city of God. The limbs reach on each side of the river. It's one tree that reaches on each side of the river that produces 12 manner of fruit every month. Now that's a tree. But it's a picture of Jesus. Yes. The tree of life. Because there's only one. There's only now, one There's Savior. other versions that say there was other trees. And we noticed in, in Ezekiel chapter 47, there's all kinds of trees. Yeah, but we talked about this too. Ezekiel from chapter 40 to the end is not talking about the new heaven and the new earth. It's talking about the millennial kingdom, and that's the millennial temple that he's measuring out. That's During right. Jesus' thousand-year reign. So don't get them confused because there, there is some imagery in Ezekiel toward the end of the book of Ezekiel that is similar to this new heaven and new earth, they're, but they're not the same. There, there are enough, di enough differences to, sh to, show, to show you that they're not the same. Well, yeah. We'll look at Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 8. Ezekiel 47, verse 8. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country, that's out of the temple, and go down into the desert. For there ain't going to be no desert. Not only will it go down in the desert, and go into the sea. Bible's very clear, there'll be no sea. That's right. So you read this, and it says the water's healed. There'll be no death, no sickness in Revelation chapter 22. And many places, verse 11, Ezekiel 47, will be marshes. Therefore shall not... Uh, not be healed. Otherwise, there'll be parts of the land that will not be healed. They should be given to salt. And you, you can compare this to some of the passages in Isaiah, which are clearly talking about the restoration uh, of the creation, uh, the the millennium, uh, the millennium period where millennial period where the earth is restored to its original state. You know where the where the lamb will lay down with the lion, and the you know the. The, uh, the lion will eat, bear will eat grass like an ox. But it also talks about how that there will be life in the Dead Sea and all of these things. You compare those passages, that these are both talking about the same period. They're talking about the millennial kingdom. Yeah, and Ezekiel's, uh, Ezekiel's temple, and, and a lot of people want to make that Revelation 22, which is impossible. Verse 12 of Ezekiel 47 says, And by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months. See where people are getting it mixed up. Because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary. By the way, there'll be no sanctuary, no temple in the holy city Jerusalem. That's right. For the Lord will be our temple. That's right. And so it goes on to say, and fruit thereof shall be for meat and the leaf thereof for medicine. So uh, we know that uh, Ezekiel's temple is not the same as Revelation 22, um, but a lot of it is patterned after it. Uh, God is patterning the temple of Ezekiel after what will be in Revelation 21 and 22. Yes. In fact, Ezekiel even goes as far as to say in the temple, there'll be six, uh, three gates on each side, like it says in Revelation ch chapter 21, and the names of the 12 tribes will be on each gate. 
So it, it kind of looks like that, that it's a type and a shadow that's what that is to come. So uh, Noah, Ezekiel 47, uh, from there on, the rest yeah. of the chapters is talking about Ezekiel's temple in yes. the millennial reign. And we know that it hasn't already happened. We know that it's in the millennium because it, it can't be describing the, the Jews that came back from Babylon and rebuilt a temple because that's not the temple that Ezekiel describes and it never was, even under his beautification project by King Herod, uh, the, the one who tried to kill Jesus. <laughs> uh, before we get away from the tree of life, I have a question. We didn't we didn't plan this, but okay, you're free. To, you're free to speculate. I'm sure. You, smart people. Sure, out you here. got an answer. An answer. Uh, you know, say uh, after the temptation in the garden, and uh, the Lord had uh, had made Adam and Eve. Uh, uh, they closed them with the animal skins, and 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 shedding of innocent blood, and he he curses the ground. You know he. They're going to take them out of the garden, and he he says he says he says we have to we you know we have to protect the tree of life. We can't let them eat from the tree of life because if you had eternal life and and you can't have sin and eternal life, you can't have the presence of sin. Imagine you know how much damage Hitler could do if he had eternal life you know here on Earth. Uh, so the. They're protecting the tree of life. And my question is, in some other dimension somewhere, somehow, is it the same tree, James? Or was it a young tree then, and now it's this overspreading tree in the new heaven and new earth? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I just don't know. I know that the tree serves the same purpose, but I don't know if it's the same tree. I think it is the same tree. That'd be my my guess to be the same tree. If it's a picture of Jesus, I think it's the same tree. If it's a picture of Jesus, Jesus is the tree of life. We know that in the first chapter of Genesis that the trees were made on the third day. We also know that in the second chapter of Genesis, the tree of life is mentioned. We also know in the third chapter that the tree of life is guarded by flaming swords and Adam and Eve is driven out of the garden. The tree is no longer mentioned again until Revelation. 22. Yeah. Well, it was promised in, what, to Ephesus, I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was promised yeah. To Ephesus in uh, chapter 2, verse 7. You should eat tree alive, yeah. But, but it wasn't found until chapter 22, the end. And I, I think it has to be, you know, I, I, don't have, I don't have anything to prove it, but I think it has to be the same tree because... Uh, they, they, uh, God took so much care to guard it and make sure that Adam and Eve couldn't take of it. True. And, uh, and then he had it guarded, and then you had the theory that, that, that it, the garden still exists somewhere. Well, it ex wherever it does exist, of course, is, that tree is still alive because it's a tree of life. I believe the tree was cloaked. I believe it was veiled. To where, like, you just couldn't see it? Well, like Jesus was veiled. God was veiled. Then Jesus was exposed to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. God was, the veil of the temple was rent. So I believe the tree of life has been veiled. And now you and I that are redeemed, we see it through the person of Jesus Christ. One day we'll fasten our eyes upon it literally in the new heaven and new earth. So the tree of life is fascinating when you think about it, how huge it is. And there are those that say that there's many trees up and down through the river I don't see that. Now, you might find it in other versions it's of Scripture. It's not written here, James. You're not going to find it in King James, but you, you, you might find where it talks about other trees. But uh, I'm not sure that there's other trees. If there is other trees, and there will be, I guarantee you that the earth's going to have lots of trees, and the new city of Jerusalem's going to have lots of trees. But there's one of a kind. There's one Lamb of God. There's one light of the world. There's one holy city, Jerusalem, and I believe there's one tree of life. Yeah. And it will be huge, and it will overspread the street. Now, that brings the question up, Jimmy, why are the, the fruit, because we eat fruit because we will enjoy the fruit. It's not that we eat the fruit to live. We eat the fruit because we do live, because Christ has changed our life. But notice it talks about uh, verse uh, chapter 2, the last part, 
they, it yielded fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. So the nations are not in the whole city, whole city of Jerusalem. The nations are on the new earth. And so commerce will be in the holy city of Jerusalem. So the nations will come to the holy city of Jerusalem to where the lamb is. And the nations will come out of commerce. Could you By the way, the Jews had an earthly promise, remember? Mm -hmm. What did the gates have the name on them? All each, the, tribe each tribe's name. On the gate. And I believe that each tribe had to go to their gate with their name on it. The churches on the 12 foundations were built on the doctrines of the apostles. We could really get into the weeds here, but... Not me. <laughs> but uh, when you talk about the earth, could you imagine what the new earth would be like with nations, with peoples, and there'd be no sin and no possibility of sin? You see... There are two conceptions of heaven. And when you get to be my age and older, we just can't wait to go to heaven so we won't be sick no more sometimes. Uh, I can't wait to get my new body. I can't wait to be, be out of here. You It'll know? be a short one. It'll be a short one, yes, the new body. <laughs> well, that maybe it won't cost me as much. Um, <laughs> they sell it by the foot. I'm kidding. <laughs> but... but uh, uh, it, 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 uh, if, if there's no sin, you see, people's conception of heaven is like, you know, a lot of times going to, going to my rest. He's going to his final rest. And, but every time I see heaven, especially around God's throne, it is a place of activity. There's stuff going on all the time. And if we're ruling and reigning with Jesus, which is going to say that we're serving him, here in these verses we hadn't got to yet in chapter 22. Now, yes, during the millennial kingdom, uh, some of us will reign as kings and priests and governors or whatever. In the millennium. And judges. But in the new heaven and the new earth, there must be something to do. There must be activity. There must be work. And so could you imagine, uh, could you imagine this new heaven and, and maybe this new earth but without the possibility of sin, how would people treat each other if there was not the possibility of sin? Yeah. yeah. And then you stop and consider speculation again, but yeah. it, it gives you it gives you a hook there, and you got yeah. a bite on it. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I don't want to throw you, but it says that the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What does it need to be healed of? It's perpetual health giving. It's perpetual health giving. Just like you the live water. as long as you breed, perpetual breeding means you stay alive. Yeah. It's a perpetual thing. I don't think they go to the city and get leaves off the tree of life and rub it on them. And I don't think they go get it and make cigarettes out of them and smoke them. <laughs> I don't think they make medicine out of the leaves of the tree of life. There will be no CBD stores in the new heaven and new earth. <laughs> They're not, they're not needed. <laughs> I don't think we need to read something into this that's not there. I believe that when they go into the holy city of Jerusalem, they go under the leaves, in the shade of the leaves, to the council of the Lamb. I believe that as they go into the city, they go to the council of the Lamb to worship the Lamb. I don't think there even needs to be contact with the leaves. Leaves is a overshadowing of them as they go into the holy place to seek refuge with God. That would be my strongest persuasion that the leaves are not smoked or made medicine or not rubbed on. I always get tickled with Adam and Eve. They've had the fig leaves and I'm told that fig leaves are itchy. <laughs> Who told you that? God. <laughs> We're gonna get we're gonna get some big leaves and let you try it out, Jimmy. Are you just are you just pushing my patience? No, I just <laughs> God has a sense of humor. And you know, if Adam put fig leaves on and he put fig leaves on it and they are itchy, 
That's funny. Yeah, that That's be hilarious. As we're just glad he didn't get into the poison ivy. <laughs> uh, I think that you're right about the about the the over the overhanging and the and the and just the presence of it because just because of the presence of God, there's no night. But we don't need any light because because God is the light. Uh, like we used to sing that song, City of Gold, where the Lamb is the light in the midst of the night. Four and five, yeah. City of Gold. And, uh, and so I believe that the, the leaves and the water, which, which James says we could either drink or not drink, it's going to be ubiquitous. It's just going to be there. And so whether we drink in it or wade in it or not, it's still going to have the effect of life, this this preservative, ongoing, perpetuality thing. I do think that the river of life will feed water to the new earth. And I do believe because it is a river of life, water of life, it will be beaming with life. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to catch one of them fish? I don't have a conception they don't die. of what, what they'd be like. You'd never whip them. There's How no could way. you eat them if they can't die? <laughs> you know, but, but it's amazing when you think animals didn't die until Adam and Eve fell. Yeah, we forget about the curse. There was no death. There was no death before sin. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times Adam ate apple cobbler, but, uh, but they weren't eating pork chops, I'm guarantee you, because nothing had died before they sinned. Well, we know it wasn't an apple. It was a pear on the ground. <laughs> well, it's true. There you go. There you go. I do believe that the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil was a literal fruit. Oh, yeah. And I, and I believe that it is not on planet Earth today. I believe it was very beautiful. It lured Eve, it was gorgeous. I believe the knowledge of good and evil was imparted through that eating of the fruit to us, handed down to Adam, the federal head of mankind, the first Adam. I believe the tree of life fruit is incredible of the 12 months, and it'll be, and we've not seen anything like it. It'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I never thought about this till just now. Okay, you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we think about the foreknowledge of God. He knows everything before it happens. He knows everything. He's omniscient. That's one of his characteristics. Okay. There's the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. And she looks at the fruit, and it's pleasant to the eyes and to make one wise. And she lusts after it, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And since God only had one person to tempt you reckon there was just one piece of fruit hanging from that tree? Only one, and that was the one she saw. Never know. You will never know. But it's not like there was a crowd of people there that were going to come eat of the tree. There was only Adam and Eve. There might have just been one. And then it, it, it falls in line, well, one's too much. It's like... This is where I'm preaching nowadays, and a lot of people hate me for it, especially in, in what I call the imbibing Baptist churches, because I have a lot of Baptist friends who believe it's okay to drink. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, socially, in moderation. Oh, you know? yeah, there's and some so Pentecostals I nearly, too. I nearly got rolled out the door a couple of weeks ago in a conference when I said, I said, well, you know, I look at it like this. I said, I said how, many, how many times do you have to commit adultery to be an adulterer? One. How many people you got to kill to be a murderer? One. How many things you got to steal to be a thief? One. How many drinks you got to take to be a drunk? And uh, so I'm not popular with some of my friends now. Yeah, you're not. You're not popular at all. <laughs> but there could just been one thing. It could have just been one. And that's all it would have taken was one. I don't know the answer, but I know we don't ever hear about it again. We don't see it again. Uh, but it was imparted uh, down through us by the It was imparted head. down through us through their sin, of course. But the tree and its fruit, 
After Genesis 3, I don't think that, that that tree is written of again, is it? What's that? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think it may be mentioned in Proverbs. Okay. But it, was, it would be referring back to the garden, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we're out of time. Are you going to be around next Sunday night? I think so. Well, if you're going to be around next Sunday night, we'll pick it up and finish this chapter 22. I got great uh, things to say. I counted seven things that are special blessings for us just because we're there in the new heaven and new earth. Amen. All right, so we may need two, two, two more. <laughs> anyway, we want to open up for uh, conversation or questions or answers. Um, uh, we covered a lot of ground. Someone said, will there be dogs in heaven? Will there be animals? In well, I think the earth will be permeated with animal life. But will there be uh, dogs in the new city of Jerusalem? Uh, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, if you need a dog for it to be heaven, then your dog will be there. Well, I'll sign that. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'd Probably like to see Probably C.S. Lewis said it. I'd like to see my old dog in heaven with me. But I saw a movie one time, James, that said, all dogs go to heaven. And all cats go somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I have a question. Jimmy almost addressed it when he said something about uh, in the eternal home, I'll put it that way, you, you'll live forever. What kind of body will the inhabitants on earth have? Will they be similar to what Adam had, that God made Adam? My thing, the reason I'm asking this, I think the biggest difference I could see then and, and then, there'll be no tempter then. Right, no tempter. So if there was a tempter then, would, we, would, would, would the inhabitants do the same thing? Well, yeah, the total you know, knowledge the, we have on what, on what might be going on as far as nations are in the new heaven and, and the, on the new earth we we got a total of about eight words, about two two separate phrases, and that's all she wrote about about it. Uh, will there will there be beings? Will there be people? Yeah, we know there's something going on there because there's nations. The, well, the I, well, my, the my nation. question was was there going to be could they repeat? It? Are, you, are you millions. saying could they build kind of my bodies? My thing with is they, they can't sin because there's no tempter. True. If you go back to Adam. How much responsibility goes to Satan for the fall of man, or how much goes to man for the fall of man? You know, yeah, man yeah. give it, or at least Eve was susceptible to sin. I mean, to temptation. And I'm thinking maybe Adam deliberately sinned because, like you said, for love for his wife. Yeah. But I wondered if there's any difference because, you know, he created Adam out of the earth and he breathed life into him. The difference is in the, the inhabitants of the new earth, they're going to have a new heart just like we are. They're going to have a new heart, and there's not going to be no tempter. They'll have an incorruptible so heart. That's right. That's a, that's a good statement. Yeah, that's and then, good. And then we can also understand that maybe, just maybe, God made their bodies a little more incorruptible as well. Well, I'm just wondering about that. That's why I was asking. The, yeah. I think it'll be just like Adam's. No, I don't think it'll be exactly like it. It may be more incorruptible. But, you know, more durable. But you're right about no tempter. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that because there's so little said about it. But if God doesn't change, and he doesn't, and, and if he's a God of activity, there's going to be stuff going on. We're just not privy to what all it'll be. Okay, yeah, so does it talk? I don't, I don't know, I don't think I've ever read it, that he creates new humans on this new earth. My, my question is, who are these people? Where did they come from? Because he destroyed earth with fire, right. and we had the judgment, and we got people in heaven and hell. And so, um, are we in the old heaven, and then he makes a new one, and we move to the new one, or are we going automatically to the new well, one? Well, actually, the new one comes and down when he, when he, when he. So that's the city of Jerusalem. That's yeah, the new, the new Jerusalem. Uh, it's the the new heaven and the new earth coming down. The the clearest phrase that we have is that there's something going on on the earth, on the new earth, outside of the new heaven, is that phrase we were talking about where the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. 
Who are the nations? We don't know. Are but they I, are they humans? But I believe that they're Israel. I believe they're Jewish people. I believe the earth will be inhabited as Jewish people, as the seed of Abraham. And I believe that they will be glorified living on the earth. But there'll be different, you know, there'll also be people that's not part of the church living on the earth that missed it in the great tribulation. There'll be great tribulation saints that won't go as part of the church. There'll be great tribulation saints and they'll live on the earth. They'll get an earthly inheritance. So the earth may have... Destroys the earth with fire and then puts well, it back on the Well, that's that's land. that's a ten million dollar question. Yeah. We most, don't know. Most Bible scholars, most Bible scholars believe that God will suspend all life and all people in air, just suspend them, uh-huh. and create a new heaven and new earth. I don't know. I draw your attention to one. Gary's verse. back behind. Got his hand up here. Go ahead. I was noticing here that it says it bears 12 manners of fruits, the tree of life. It says the leaves are for the healing of the nation. Right. What's the fruits for? Well, I think the fruit is for the children, uh, for everybody. I think it's not just for the church. It's also for everybody to eat of it because he promised them in, uh, 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 to the church of Ephesus that he would grant them access to eat of the tree of life. There in the second chapter of Revelation. So I think it won't just be the church. It'll be anyone on the planet will have that freedom to eat of that fruit. But I think the leaves itself is the covering as people go for counsel to the Lamb. Because I noticed when you mentioned Ezekiel, it divided that, that the fruit was for meat. It did. And the leaves were for healing. It's true. So I guess it's for sustenance. For the fruits? Yes, uh, for, for enjoyment. Okay. And also, uh, I believe that the, the fact that there's gates of pearl, one pearl, and on each gate is go the, back one to of the 21 names, for that. One of the names of the 12 tribes of Israel tells me also the people that's on earth are part of that, the Jewish people, uh, the Abraham seed. And there'll be others on earth. There'll be different kinds of bodies walking on the earth at that time. Different, because we're going to have different kinds of bodies. They'll all be incorruptible and infallible, and they won't decay, but there will be different kinds of... Get it out of your head that someone that gets saved in the Great Tribulation is going to end up being part of the church. They're not. The church is completed the rapture. The church is totally completed the rapture. Anybody misses the rapture, they'll never be part of the church. Never. I got one verse to throw out at you, a passage which really helps me, Gary and, uh, and, and, and Gala, uh, because it could mean almost anything, but it just goes to prove that, that we're, no matter what happens there, we're going to be serving God and there's going to be stuff going on. Paul is explaining to the Corinthians about what's going to happen uh, you know, where we're changed and when we go to heaven and, and what, and it's kind of an overview of what it would be like beginning in verse 24. He says, then come at the end when Jesus shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that should be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith that all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. Because God said he'd given all authority. The Father said he'd given all authority to the Son. So here's the verse that'll, that'll just uh, ring, your, ring your chimes here. Verse 28, And when all things shall be subdued unto the Son... Then shall the Son also himself be subject to him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. That is the end point. The end point is the spiritual perfection where Jesus has destroyed and vanquished all evil from everywhere, and he's like, the job is done. Now I am even bowing my head in will to the Father. Now that's the reason there's the millennium. Do I understand it? No, I don't understand it, but that's what it says. Well, you know, you look at, you, you think about the earth, the Mount Zion, Z, Zion, the holy city is for the church. We have a heavenly promise. 
But the Jewish people have an earthly promise. And they'll spend their earthly inheritance in the new earth. And I think that's why you've got to have a new heaven and a new earth. To fulfill the Jewish promise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is the tree of life um, just in gen? Is it the same one as the one in Revelation? Well, I we believe were, it's the same. We think it is. We can't prove it, but we think it is. I have an idea. Just, just quickly, we can go into it next week. I have an idea of dimension. Yes. is so big that the, the shade is like the whole 1,500 mile square and it is enough fruit every month to give over 20 million people some fruit. This is a massive big tree. How could that tree be the tree on earth? Well, Does I have that a make theory. sense? I have well, a theory it wasn't that, that big. Not in the earth. garden. It grew. So it grew. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The tree is actually a type of Jesus. Okay. But okay. Well, I have a theory that I've discussed with James, and it's called dimension, dimensionality. That, and it goes with some things that Paul said where he says that, that God is near you even though you can't see him. And I believe if we could see into this other dimension, because God is not constrained by space and time, and if we could see into this other dimension, we might find the Lord sitting there on the front row, maybe nodding at some of the answers and shaking his head at some of the other answers, you know. And uh, and and in this in this dimension, uh, where 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 there's no constraints on time and space on the Lord. There's things that we can't see. We can't see the angels. We can't see the demons. We can't see the throne of God. But when he wants people to see it in this book, they see it. And yeah. so it's there. And so that's, that's kind of what I think may explain the tree. It's someplace we can't see it. James said it was cloaked. You know, we see in the book of John when Jesus comes back in his glorified body that he's on the beach. He's eating bread. He's eating fish. Somebody asked us, asked me, well, with our new glorified bodies, how is that even possible? I would say that our glorified bodies will consume it completely without any waste. Yeah. There will be no waste. That's true. We don't have to true. worry about that. Because we're not mortal. We're not mortal. Well, I want you to know heaven wouldn't be heaven if I couldn't have a buffet. Right. <laughs> well, I have to get that, let's just get that straight. Let, uh, Gary, let me, let me say when something. When I could that, finally eat without calories, it wouldn't be fair. It, 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 it's something that I, I just thought of today while I was reading these verses, and that is that uh, uh, the, uh, I've lost my train of thought. What, what did you, oh, the blood, about Jesus' glorified body. You know, when he, when he appeared to him in Luke and he says, you know, do you have a piece of honeycomb? Do you, and he ate a piece of honeycomb and a fish. But he showed him, he said, here, he said, see, this is my bone. This is my flesh. See, I'm flesh and bone. What did he meant not mention? Blood. He didn't mention the blood. He bled out. He ain't got no blood. And so our glorified bodies may have some sort of flesh and blood that can pass through those dimension lines I'm talking about, but there's no blood in them. Uh, because Jesus, he didn't say, this is my flesh and my blood. This is my flesh and my bone. The blood was gone. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about different types of flesh. Different types of bodies. All right, we got to quit. We could talk. And, and We had a lot more questions, down. but we have to go. We got to go. We have to go. Next, <laughs> next, next Sunday night, you're going to be here? I just got comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to call out for pizza. <laughs> not after your chili day. Oh, not after chili day. We didn't see no chili pizza. What's the deal? Did you know Judy used to make chili pizza? You remember that, Judy? She used to make chili pizza. It actually pizza. sounds good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Judy makes a mean pizza. She does. Amen. All got, right. Got all them kids. You got to come up with some creative oh, stuff. Oh, she does. She made some chili pizza. It's pretty good. You ought to try that, Chris. Make it hot. All right. We got to quit. I know it's late. I say it's late. It's just uh, 730. But nonetheless, we've been at it for an hour and a half.
Well, I, I know, but not everybody's as spiritual as you are, Joyce. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Well, I could, me, Jimmy could talk all night, right? It's been proven. <laughs> My wife says that I became a preacher so I could get paid for talking. She calls me a repository of worthless information. All right, we'll be in chapter 22 next Sunday night, roundtable discussion, and we'll be talking about, you know, uh, the adding to God's Word or taking away. Uh, we'll be looking at God's name on our forehead. There's a lot of things that we look at. And, uh, and I got a couple of things I want to go back to Daniel and bring in. We'll let you do that. All right. Sounds good. All right. We're going to be dismissed in prayer. And uh, I want us to pray for Jimmy's wife, Velda, for healing. Please. She needs a healing in her body. And I want us to pray for her, that the Lord will heal her. And uh, let's just, let's all stand. We're going to pray for Velda and, and pray for the people in the church and Brother Bobby Baldridge as well and, and uh, Don DeMay. Nimra needs your prayers. There's just a lot of, a lot of prayers that we need to call out. Carol needs your prayers. She needed your prayers before she was sick. But anyway, she needs your prayers. Carol's, Carol is a sweet lady. And that smile just light up a room wherever she's at. But uh, we need to be in prayer. The Lord bless and, and uh, pray for Velda. Let's just pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for your glorious power. Lord, we thank you for the new heaven and a new earth. We know that one day as children of God, we will be there. And we will thank you and praise you for eternity. Lord, I pray for Velda that you'd heal her body. Pray, God, that you'd strengthen her and encourage her and that you'd strengthen and encourage Brother Jimmy. Touch Jimmy's life and his body and his wife, Velda. Pray for Bobby Baldridge that you'd touch and heal him. Amen. Don DeMay that you'd touch and heal him. Carol that you'd touch and heal her. Nimra that you'd touch and heal her. And others that need your prayer, others in the church that need a touch from you, Father. We pray that you would heal, you'd bless, you'd encourage and strengthen. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen.